Hello, hello, it's episode 36 of the WP Builds podcast. I'm David Wormsley and today, joining me live from his holidays in sunny Dorset on the English South Coast is Nathan Wrigley. How are you, Nathan? Oh, hold on. I can see on his cam that he stepped away from his mic. He's gone to the beach. He's, oh, he's talking to a leggy blonde woman in a bikini. Hold on. I'm going to turn up the volume on his mic. Let's see what's going on. It looks like he's asking her to show something. He's saying, get, get those naughty bits out. Oh, (laughs) well, she seems keen. (laughs) Not those. (laughs) Picky. Hold on. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. He's looking a bit confused. How, How does it work? You'll have to talk me through it, because I genuinely have never done it. You know what? I'm just going to turn off his mic. Nah, seriously. Uh, Nathan is just away for the news section. He's on later with an interview. But I just thought, what could be more British than a podcasty version of a saucy postcard? Uh, I'm guessing that all the British listeners now have got an image of Nathan with a knotted handkerchief on his head, his trousers rolled up to his knees, standing beside a donkey as is what all us Brits do when we're on holiday. Anyway, I'm here just to give you a little bit of news before you get onto the interview, and uh, I've got three small little items that I just want to share with you. So, news item number one is, well, technically not news, but it is definitely something new that we, I believe, in our industry all need to be taking a look at, and that is CSS grid layouts. I found a couple of YouTube videos this week, and they are fantastic. So I'm sharing those in the show notes. The first one is by Morton Rad Hendrickson, who's speaking at the 2017 WordCamp in Europe. It's a fantastic presentation. And he really tells us how we could actually be using this today. It's uh, it isn't quite supported. Well, at least when he's doing his speech, it isn't supported by Microsoft. But that's not because they're behind it's actually because they implemented the first version and now need to change it to the new version and that's probably changed already so we can start using it he makes a a big call out to or a challenge to page builders out there saying that it's make or break for them because most of them or most of our frameworks out there will be using the twitter bootstrap framework for our layouts and i think it's almost certain that we're going to be going to css grid layouts and that's going to change everything there there's the other video is by rachel andrew who i know her name when we talk about css for such a long time for the last 10 years she's been popping up she i believe wrote most of the spec for the grids layout and uh, for grids and she's a brit She's uh, from Newcastle up north and she's been living in Linda for such a long time. But as she points out, her accent has kind of slowly migrated. So it's sitting somewhere around Yorkshire. So she might sound a little bit like Nathan to you. Uh, So you might like that. Anyway, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I certainly know I came in learning CSS really when it wasn't really properly out. And we were still using table layouts, using HTML tables with spacer gifts. I, you know, I got to understand them what i feel most comfortable with is floating elements then we've moved on to um flexbox which i've you know i kind of got my head around a little bit now and that works with the responsive web well certainly grid layouts is so much more logical for the responsive web and you know the new guys who come in it's just going to make perfect sense to them so it's us old folks who are used to old css methods who are probably going to struggle the most to just rethink our working practices with that okay so item number two is i guess almost the reverse of this this is actual news uh, from wp tavern just i think yesterday where they pointed out that Adobe are to discontinue Flash support and updates in 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Again, this is news, but it doesn't sound like news because, you know, I guess many of us knew that when Apple brought out iPads, they didn't have support by default for Flash. And that was kind of 
the end really believe i think now most major browsers uh, don't support flash by default or are certainly not going to do soon so it's it's over i don't know why they need to 2020 to be honest because it's gone but you know again interesting thinking back when i came in maybe first got into html back in sort of 2006 you know there was still the big debate the flash people were saying this is the future google's going to sort out the seo problems no trouble look at the flexibility and you know 10 years on or just over and it's completely gone so we just see how things are going to change it's interesting with grid layouts and this just seeing how technology changes anyway i'm rabbiting on let me go to the last item which is oh i'm sorry it's a bit depressing this one it's just something i spotted in a, a few places this one i took it from smallbiztrends.com there's not much said there but what it is is that wix uh, the page builder platform um, the challenge really to us in wordpress has now implemented something for developers where they can do lots more development on the on their own platform using javascript and i think some database stuff here so something to look out for i guess it's not going to change how we are but it just makes me realize how you know why i guess matt mullenweg is concerned about the big budgets that people like wix have to promote they are really launching a challenge against us in wordpress and this one might be significant we'll see how many developers go down that route of jumping on the wix platform uh, because they might be able to deliver more to their clients Anyway, that's a bit depressing. So I'm going to hand you over to Nathan. I will be with him on next week's show. So I look forward to seeing you then or talking to you then. Bye-bye. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Um, I can't remember what number we're on. We're into the 30s now. Um, and today I've got a bit of an old friend with me today. When I say an old friend, he is not old. I think he's considerably <laughs> younger than I am, actually. Um, I don't detect any grey hair on any pictures, but that could be Photoshop. But it's, somebody, Photoshop, yeah. <laughs> but it's somebody that I've known for probably a couple of years now. In fact... Um, it's somebody that I've done a podcast with, which kind of went nowhere in the end. So yeah. here we are. This is Mike Killen. Hi, Mike. Hey, man. How you doing? Yeah, really good. Um, like I say, we did a podcast a little while ago and uh, and it didn't really go anywhere. And, and it kind of spurred me on to do this podcast. Yeah. But we've kind of been on and off in touch ever since then. But, you know, I know you. I've, I've got a feeling that our audience, there'll be a high proportion of people who, if they haven't spoken to you or heard your voice, they'll have seen your name or your posts. Um, do you want to just, I know it's a boring thing, but tell us about yourself, Mike. Well, no, it's, it's funny you should say that, actually, because last uh, month I went to WordCamp Europe in Paris, and it was the first time that I'd been recognized in public, which is terrifying. It's it's a, It's a real sort of... I don't know, it's weird people coming up to you and saying they know who you are, but you've got no idea who they are. So, yeah, that was it. So, basically, um, I am a coach with WP Elevation, um, and I, I'm, I'm their EMEA coach now. It's not just UK and Europe, it's EMEA. And kind of I focus on helping building marketing funnels and marketing automation within WordPress. But I also run Sell Your Service, which is this coaching program designed for people who want to you know, build marketing funnels and stuff. So, yeah, we're everywhere. In fact, someone's only said to me the other day, they said, how is it that you are everywhere, Mike? You seem to be everywhere. And I think that's just because um, I, I, I like the sound of my own voice. Maybe that, <laughs> maybe that's it. Plus the word automation comes to mind. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, it's, there's a not, it's not as much actually as a lot of people think there is. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of automation in that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know Mike because as you, if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know that I was at some point a, a while ago part of the WP Elevation uh, system. Yeah. Um, and it was very, it was very useful for me. I have, I've always been very positive and very buoyant about it on the podcast and encouraging you know people to sign up. But I, in in that sort of sphere, it kind of it always felt to me as if your expertise, the thing that you were most famous for, if you like, in in that area, was um, kind of marketing funnels and marketing techniques. Would that be fair, or have I really just Absolutely. sort of squashed what you do down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never once mentioned marketing funnels. <laughs> I don't know where you've got that from. But yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. That's any time I'm ever interviewed. I've just got off another interview as well talking about the exact same thing um and yeah it's it's 
but basically it kind of stems from people build these fantastic websites and I'm not a great designer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm an even worse developer. And yet I believe that there's an enormous amount more that we can add to our websites. If we're building websites for customers, you know, in WordPress, I think it's an enormous opportunity for us to be able to kind of really look at this larger business model and help increase the number of people that we speak to, help increase the number of sales that we make, uh, increase the amount of traffic that converts into like, you know, email lists and subscribers and stuff. And, and I believe you can do all of that with WordPress much, much easier than, than a lot of people are, than would give it credit for, you know. I um, I always think that a funnel is the kind of thing you put in your car engine and tip oil into. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would imagine that most of us have heard the word funnel and most yeah. of us kind of generally speaking get what it is. But... Yeah. You you do it for a living. There's obviously mm-hmm. an entire business in this, so th- there must be more to it than just oh, sign up at my email list and I'll I'll supply you an email. Um, t- yeah. t- tell us a little bit more about what you do on a sort of day to day basis. Who you work, you know, what does that mean? What does making funnels mean? Yeah, and no, I I agree. It's it's kind of been hijacked. I think it's it's really easy for people to start talking about funnels online, and it's it's quite a dry corporate you know horrible sales term um, and i absolutely understand why it, why it turns people off basically at its highest possible level the way i try to equate this is if i go into a a kitchenware shop and i have a kind of a look around the shop and, and you know if we if we go back a few years when high street retailing was still a thing you know um <laughs> and, and we can go into the shop if the clerk ignores me that's a typical thing that a lot of websites tend to do they ignore the traffic that lands on their website and they expect that me as the visitor to go up to the clerk and say hi i'd like to talk to you whereas that's not actually the case a lot of people like to be reached out to first and just say hey can i help you if we go over to a particular section let's say that the pots and pans and the clerk comes over to us and says oh hey there um i i can see you're looking at pots and pans would you like to talk about knives you kind of think, well, again, you've misread what it is that I'm clearly interested in. And that's another thing that websites do. The final thing that we can do is the clerk can come over and go, hey, I can see you're looking at pots and pans. What is it that you're looking to achieve? And all of a sudden you're having a conversation. And that's all we're trying to do online is replicate the natural conversation that we would have with someone via our website. The big problem is that if we build a website for customers and and your listeners will have to put their hands up if they agree with this, how many times have you built a website for the customer? It's been well within specification, well within budget. It does everything they've asked it to do. And yet they call you up and go, why aren't I at the top of Google? Why haven't I got, why isn't my phone ringing off the hook? And why are I now drowning in money just because I've got a new website? Like, my hands are both up and my feet. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's happened at least four times to you then. So... <laughs> And, and that's kind of the problem that, that marketing funnels solve is I believe that websites are often put in the wrong position. And a lot of customers think that um, the website is going to solve the majority of their problems and that it doesn't. It has to be part of a larger journey. You know, people coming to visit your shop, that's the traffic. The way that you reach out to them is, is your communication process, uh, how the shop is laid out with your different kind of products or subjects that's kind of them choosing what it is that they need help with um and yeah that's all we're really trying to automate and recreate online is that natural conversation you know it's just about having conversations with people and and we, we can build them in, in wordpress websites you know so the the analogy that you drew there was that you know you've gone into the pots and pans section and somebody wanders up and kind of interrupts your day and says you know uh, what is it that you're trying to achieve how, how do you how do you interrupt them online uh, um, aside from showing them a wordpress page what what is it that you get yourself involved with that that causes that interruption that makes them go oh there's more to this yes yes it's a, it's a really good question because it's not a great analogy because i know some people absolutely hate being approached in shops and i i understand i understand it's not it's not it's not a perfect um simile but when the easiest example i can give is let's say that as a website builder, you build WordPress websites specific for um, specific for flower shops, florists, right? And yep. you do that, and that's who that's the vertical or the industry that you've gone after. And personally, I think it's very important to go after not necessarily just an industry, but know you know who your customer is. 
Um, and let's say that they are they're browsing a piece of content to do with how to increase their own search rankings, right? How they can do that. And, and you should be trying to be helpful, right? Just like this podcast is, is helpful towards a particular audience. You yourself as this expert should be trying to be helpful as well. The interruption, us saying, Hey, can I help you more? That should just be really basically written into the blog content saying, Hey, at a very basic level, Hey, if you need help with this SEO stuff, I've shown you what to do. And if you talk to me, I can show you how to do it. And it's kind of like we say, look, if you're serious about these kind of results, take the next step. Now, that next step could be anything from booking a call to uh, an opt-in form and downloading, you know, a, a checklist or a cheat sheet or a summary of the podcast, a summary of the, the blog post. There's an enormous amount of ways that we need to think about that next call to action. And that's us being interrupted, so to speak. That That's us kind of. Um, being interrupted. But on the other side as well, we do a huge amount of like remarketing. For example, if someone's been on an SEO blog post, it's a fair shout that they're clearly interested in SEO. So I'll try and retarget them with SEO, more SEO based content, you know, maybe a, maybe a video or a, a recorded webinar or something, you know? Um, yeah, that, that all makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it kind of feels to me that the word funnel has been either hijacked or it was always thus um, it feels like a little bit sleazy, if you know what I mean, because it, it it kind of feels as if um, how to describe it. That well, in my head, it's all about like sticking people on your email list and then pounding the email list to death <laughs> to get to get things back from them. But from what you're saying, funnels is not just about you know a pop up with a, a content, you know, a, with a form. It's about the the, the on page text yep. and all of those kind of things and making the phone ring getting an email address, um, communicating on Skype, whatever. That's that's the purpose of funnels. Absolutely. All The, the reason it's actually called a funnel... That was my is next because, question. Well done. <laughs> ...is because at the very, very top of the widest part of, of, this, of this shape, this funnel, we have maybe 100 people who potentially could be interested in talking to us, right? And that's, that's why we say at the widest possible part, we have like maybe a hundred people. And let's say we then spend a bit of money on getting some targeted traffic and that gets maybe 80 of those people through. So the next stage is slightly more narrow because only 80 people have clicked. And then we'll say, okay, well, maybe only 50 people have read the blog content and only 30 people have, um, you know, signed up or, or said they want to. And we keep narrowing down, but it is always now when done correctly at their choice and at their discretion we still have to follow um the, the reason that the reason marketing funnels have been given a bad rap is because there's been a few people who have misunderstood that even in the old days um of like offline advertising print you know tv advertising radio advertising this kind of stuff you'd still need to advertise multiple times for people to to notice you and, and even generate a little bit of trust in that person, in that in that brand or business, right? Mm. And I think a lot of the time people think, well, if I've got someone's email address, I need to start hammering them with sales emails now because I need to recoup all the money that I've spent on advertising. And, and that's just not the case. You are going to do yourself a huge disservice. We've all been there where we've signed up to something and then we've just been hammered with offers. We still need to build up a reputation and build trust and take time, which is why a big part of when anyone signs up to our uh, newsletters, and this is for our customers as well as our own businesses, we spend an enormous amount of time sending them still free, really valuable stuff first really like we, we don't even want to touch the sales aspect yet it's kind of like saying well i want to go to a bar and get somebody's number and then the first text you send them is saying hey do you want to get married like <laughs> and I, I don't know what type of bars you go to nathan but you know. <laughs> not those <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's 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 kind of that's that's not the way that people buy so just take your time you know and i think a lot of people forget that just because you haven't got an email address doesn't mean you don't have regular visitors and it's still really important to still understand that it's not about generating money from one email list. It's about building a relationship with people and them thinking, yeah, actually, I can begin to understand that, you know, Mike or Nathan or WP Builds can help me out with stuff. And all our job is to say is, look, if you're serious about this or if you want to take it to the next level, these, this, is, this is how we can help you. And that's all we're trying to say. But I agree, it has been hijacked by by some pretty shady business practices. Yeah. I mean, it feels to me like it's the sort of things which 
Uh, it's the sort of service which somebody like me might, um, you know, add on as part of a, of a website care plan or, yeah. um, you know, part of the initial proposal to get a website built. It's the kind of thing which we might add on. But but there you are. And this is your business. It's your entire kind of business. You know, obviously, you've got your WP Elevation stuff, but a large proportion of what you do is just yeah. funnels. Um, so how does that work? What kind of clients do you have? Are you dealing with large companies? What are their requirements? How would it differ for, say... A a small client in other words what i'm trying to ask is is there is there a reason i should call you up to get your expertise or can i do all of this myself so yeah so that's a really good question so when we say can we do this ourselves as website builders and website developers the short answer is absolutely yes 100 percent. now in, in the aspect of a shameless plug sell your service actually does have quite a big part of our, our courses and online content and stuff for anyone interested is dedicated towards teaching people who build Word, wordpress websites how to build and sell a marketing funnel the reason why is because i believe that a website it's not enough to just sell websites anymore it's it, it's just not enough within our business models it's not what our customers want it's a small part of an entire method of helping a business get better it's kind of like saying well um i'm, I'm going to build you this car but the only part of it that i'm going to build is the wheels and the chassis there's so much more that you need to it to be able to make it moving websites are an extremely important part of it but there is a, a start and an end that that marketing funnels kind of take over with so as a general rule as a website builder, you can build a marketing funnel. The actual process is behind that. There's so many plugins available and what with things like autoresponders, um, MailChimp, for example, even has free automation. Um, you know, and you can add all this stuff in and very, very easily begin to move it forward. Our customers, however, the reason they hire us and we've worked with at the moment, our agency, um, MeBox, we only work with online education and course-based businesses. We only build marketing funnels for that particular customer set. We know how they work. We've got a lot of experience with them. Uh, you mentioned WP Elevation, for example. They're, they're one of our customers. And um, we've decided to focus in on that vertical. But marketing funnels in general actually suit every single type of business by definition because all it is is having a conversation with people, but it just happens to be a bit by email, happens to be a bit by uh, messenger or blog content so yeah as as you guys as website builders you are perfectly capable of, of adding this on to your customers and the way that we typically go down this route is we'll say okay we've got the website we've got the website up and running we'll then really hard like really push hard on them and say what's going to happen to every single visitor that lands on your site? And they assume, I think, they'll go, well, well, they'll have a look around and they'll go to the contact form. And it's just not true. That's just not the case. And we can prove this. Even with Google Analytics, we can show where people move. And typically, page two or three that people visit after they've landed on your site is actually the About Us section. And yet, so many people don't have anything on their About Us section which says, by the way, you can have a consultation with us or a free call or download our free resource guide and stuff. And it's just something that works 24 hours a day, just helping collect email addresses and, and position you as someone who really knows what they're talking about, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we've done them for a lot of like big telco companies, uh, much, much smaller businesses. Um, but now we do focus just on, you know, online courses and education businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it sort of sounds to, you know, you mentioned Google Analytics there. It, it, for me, because I'm no expert in this area, and frankly, I, I kind of stay away from this stuff. The simple contact form connected to MailChimp, that's kind of where I jump off, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, it, it kind of always felt, feels to me like, for me, at least, it would be guesswork. I really don't have that experience with Google <laughs> Analytics. So I, I couldn't, in all honesty, say to the client, oh, this is the journey the customer's going to yeah. take. This is the purpose of the funnel. Is, is, there a, is it a science or is it an art form? Uh, in other words, is there, is there a bit of guesswork? Is there a bit of socket and see, trial and error? Or of, yeah. is, is there a total bulletproof technique? No, so that's a really good point. So that's a really good question. And... Uh, so when a new customer engages with us now, we will actually not build them a website straight away. It, and the reason we don't is because I think them redesigning the website is them trying to solve a problem that doesn't actually exist yet. I'm not saying that website design doesn't 
need to be done. I'm saying most of my customers try and do this at the wrong point. And we'll work backwards. We'll actually look at, okay, well, what's your follow-up process, for example? When, when Even without a website, when new leads come in, what's your follow-up process? And we work backwards that way. So first of all, we'll look at, and th- this does require, and this is kind of why we have a, a team of guys who build our websites now. Like I said, I'm not really much of a website builder, but I learned how to build funnels within WordPress because I wanted to see how I could automate, you know, people signing up and then receiving emails from MailChimp or Active Campaign or Campaign Monitor or whatever. But there's absolutely a part of this then that when customers engage with us, they have to be willing to try stuff. We know what's probably going to work. I know, for example, that if I spend a few grand on Facebook advertising, but it's going through to just garbage landing pages and garbage content it's not going to convert i know that and i can tell that however at the same time they do have to be willing to say yeah i want to grow my business but i understand that there is no surefire thing of course there can't be and even with a website i think a lot of us fool ourselves into thinking well if i deliver the website that's definitely guaranteed and you've got to understand that your customers have probably got bigger expectations than just having a website what they actually want is increased leads, increased sales, increased conversions. So I do think that we need to look at areas like that as website builders, or at least have someone within our network who does know that, because all that's going to happen is you're going to set yourself up for an impossible task. You know, and we, we've had it. We had a, a furniture manufacturer only recently um, who we, we did a whole a whole series of stuff with them. They were currently advertising and all this kind of stuff. And I said, right, we're going to shift some of this stuff. And it just didn't work. Like it just didn't work, and it wasn't necessarily because their product is bad. Far, far from it. Um, the basically it was actually down to the email marketing side of it. Mm. Um, they, they 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 bought a data list, and yeah, I right. I, be, I begged them I begged them not to, <laughs> but they still thought that it was going to work because it was it was an activity, and it's just not the case. Some activities mm. aren't going to work. So we we've got experience, which is why as well we focus on a particular vertical because i know what works better with core space websites better than anything yes. so kind of that's a, big, say, that's a big part of it yeah you, know? you take the guesswork out don't you if you've got a vertical that you concentrate on all the time and Absolutely. it sort of feels to me like everything once you've been in it for a while presumably you've got like some sort of mojo going on you kind of know yeah this feels like there's there's something yeah. in this and this actually you know what this feels like it's not going to go so well and that that's the art form of it i mean there's probably like you say a load of google analytics hardcore data that you can like look at afterwards but having a feeling a gut feeling i guess comes to you because you've done it for so long but um yeah that really really interesting so how much is are you like a psychologist then are you somebody that <laughs> kind of advertises sorry not advertises are you somebody that thinks carefully about the the, the, the customer the tip so i don't know in the uh if you were selling i don't know um car automotive parts and that's something that you personally were interested in fantastic but if you were to sell i don't know tutus or something where you know it's little girls buying this sort of stuff co- co- coaxing their parents that kind of thing can you do this for anybody or is, are there areas where you would say, whoa, no, not me? Yeah, no. So so personally, yeah, there's a lot of areas that I'm I'm not great at. I'm not brilliant and our agency isn't brilliant at physical products. We, we just it's just not something we've ever really connected with. Um, and part of that's maybe because I'm, I'm not as interested in physical products, you know, and yet there's other guys out there. I know a couple of guys out there who are just absolutely killing it with, um, helping people set up online product based funnels. The thing is, is what, what used to happen is we all used to think, okay, well, I'll send a bunch of traffic to a squeeze page, collect a load of email addresses and sell them something, whatever that might be. And it just doesn't work like that. I think a lot of physical products require a slightly different mindset. Um, I think they require, um, uh, a, a slightly different approach. But again, you have to think about it. How would you do it face to face? That's ultimately what it boils down to. If you can't sell something face to face, if your customer can't sell something face to face, they're never going to be able to sell it online. And that, that's bar none. And I think a lot of people believe, a lot of customers believe that, well, if I, if I sell it online, I won't ever have to, it kind of skips the middleman and it can't. The idea of a website selling anything online or a marketing funnel, that should be your problem to scale. You should be able to say, I can sell this 
person to person. If it's via a phone call or via a conversation or however, I can make a sale this way. The problem is that that takes too much time. It takes an hour per sale. How can I then scale this? Right, the website should be how I can scale it. And you should take this exact same process. For example, uh, kitchenware is usually a really good example. The reason I use kitchenware is because we, uh, my partner and I have quite a large catering background. And the way that we would buy stuff is usually through our third-party supplier. We'd actually trust you know, the, the, the third mm -hmm. party supplier. So therefore, that's the channel. So I have should be selling my product through that channel of the third party supplier. Sticking up an e-commerce website and just kind of having it out there might not do anything. I still have to find a particular channel. I have to find well, how do people buy. And it's the same with services as well. We work with a lot of um, insurance agencies, bizarrely enough, mm. and they sell an enormous amount of through their third-party channels. So we go, well, let's stick with that, but let's look at how we're going to scale it using the website, not just going, all right, we're going to have a funky website now. It's going to look very, very sexy. And then, right, let's just wait for the money to roll in because it doesn't happen. If you wouldn't sell it face-to-face -face that way, you ha you're not going to be able to do it on the on, on a website that way, you know. With, um, with all of this, can you, can you spend your way into success? Is it possible to just have bottomless pockets? I mean, I know that ultimately you need to recoup all of this stuff, but you know, if you've got a very large amount of money right at the outset, is there a point where just throwing money at it works? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, basically. So <laughs> it's a really good question because the easiest customer in the world to go after is like the startups. And they go, yeah, we've got this product, and they've got they've got all the passion in the world, they've got all the time in the world, but they've got no money, they've got no leads, and they've got no customers. Yeah. Right? They're starting from scratch. And the reality is, if a customer who's brand new, complete startup, wants to make $100,000 in their first year, and they're starting from nothing, that is going to cost them between two dollars and $500,000. Okay, that's, that's the reality. Your first year, no matter what, you are going to make absolutely no money if you want to scale to a hundred grand it's going to cost you two grand to even get there. it's going to cost you 500 grand to even get there let's take uber for example uber are losing something like a billion dollars a quarter but they don't mind because they're acquiring customers okay customers that we can add massive massive value to are people who have already got customers and they've already got leads mm. this is a big like this is a big part of the setup um and I interviewed um, Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer, and he talks a lot about this, um, whereby we set ourselves up for an impossible task because customers have got unrealistic ex expectations. And that's because they think, oh, well, you know, I've got I want to make two hundred fifty thousand pounds in my first year. We go, great. Do you have five hundred thousand pounds? Because that's that's what's going to happen. Whereas if someone's already got a couple of hundred customers, they've got a few products already, they're getting regular traffic, we can absolutely ramp that up for much, much less money, way less money. Um, and the reality is that kind of bootstrapping it and acquiring customers at cost, because people forget that acquiring a customer costs you money. Mm. You know, We often think, oh, well, it doesn't really because I'm going to networking stuff. It does. It, it costs you an enormous amount of money to acquire customers. And we can either choose our own customers who have, are in a space that we can help them scale or we're, they're going to start out. But if they're starting out, that is going to cost a lot more money. It's, that's just the reality. It's going to cost a, a lot more money. And you have to be willing um, to invest that kind of uh, that kind of money in to be able to scale it to that point. Would you... Um... Where is the clever place at the minute to be spreading that money? Do you do you like have a preferred channel? In other words, does it all go on? I don't know, Facebook ads or Google yeah. ads, or huh. do you advise to spread it out, or do you go straight for one niche? I mean, to to my mind, I'm constantly hearing about Facebook ads. It's just it's just what yeah. everybody's going on about because of the super targeted nature of everything. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, uh, and no, so it's not that you're wrong. It's that it's been missold to you. Yeah. So let's say that you and I do a project together and I say, right, I'm going to get you a thousand clicks a day. Yeah, where... I'll, 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 yeah OK, let's do that project. <laughs> okay. OK, so, so where, where are those clicks going then? 
Um, you mean in my case? In your case, let's. Say I would want them. Say. I would want them on my contact form or on the telephone to me. I would like them to click on a mobile phone. I'd like them to click my actual phone number, if you know what I mean. Fantastic. So, what are you then going to do after they do call you? Um, I'm going to speak to them and try and persuade them to buy a million dollar website. Absolutely. Right. So we have this million dollar website and you're actually not that far off. Here's the problem. You would be staggered at how many customers have absolutely no follow up process after they've got an interested party. I am blown away by how many people have not got a follow-up process for when someone says, oh, actually, I'm quite interested in buying this. In fact, we've even seen it in, like, we went to a local networking thing recently, and someone said, oh, that sounds quite interesting. Would I, I was wondering if you could help me. And they were a, a accountant, but for a spe- specific type of, like, um, legal practice. It was quite complicated. I didn't really understand it. And the guy was kind of, like, dumbfounded. He was like, oh, God, I've... I've I've never been asked that before. He didn't know really what to do. So he didn't have a follow-up process. And the problem is that when we say, where should we spend our money? I would, and we do, is spend your money on looking at the follow-up process for when you generate leads despite yourself. If you are generating just even one phone call a year, what is your follow-up process for making sure that that person is more likely to buy than anything? Because we could happily spend 10, 100, 200,000. And we do, we have customers who spend fourteen thousand dollars a week on facebook ads or on on paid targeting but the reason it's worth spending that much money on is because their follow-up process is airtight they know that every single person who calls up roughly 50 to 60 percent are going to convert to a sale and it's so important that we spend the time you're way better hiring a consultant for the day or a couple of days just to work out that part of the process before you start investing in topping up the funnel. Because anyone, I can get you 10,000 clicks tomorrow, but if they're not going anywhere and they're not converting, you're not building an email list, it, it, it's wasted money. And it's absolutely wasted money. You know, um, It might look very nice for a time, but we have seen campaigns that have had you know, 10, 20,000 clicks and there hasn't been a single conversion. And it's because they hadn't spent the time looking at well how do we follow up that 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 um that uh that area so it might sound like a bit of a get out answer but truly spending money on how you're going to follow up with people is a billion times more important than traffic that's really interesting i like it i I like the fact that you build the website backwards um you're thinking about the funnel before the website yeah i I like that i like the follow-up process that's really interesting how do you how do you know I mean, just to be clear, by the way, if you phone me up and want a website, I'm not going to sell you a million dollar website. It's too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three or four. <laughs> yeah, easy, yeah, easy, yeah. three or four. Um, how are you measuring all this stuff on the other end? So in other words, let's say somebody does spend £14,000 uh, pounds, uh, a yeah. week. Um, because from my point of view, it, one of the toughest sells for me when I'm deliberating with a a client about what they're going to have uh, as part of their website package if you like selling this stuff the marketing stuff I find really difficult because I don't really have in my arsenal the argument as to why is this worth the money Mm -hmm. so how do you um, how do you I guess post selling it to them how do you demonstrate look there you go this is this is totally worth it yeah yeah and no it's I, I agree it's very very difficult I feel for customers because everything is auto, and I'm a perpetuator of this, and I and I, I'm, I apologize to anyone because I know I'm very bad at saying, look, automate everything. And there was a period in 2016 where we were probably sending between two and 300 reports out to customers, and I looked at the statistics for that, and it was something like a 0.1% read rate. Like, Ooh. yeah, no one was reading them. Because no one likes reports. People don't like reports. Huge, huge fallacy. No one likes reports. Um, what they do like is insight. Okay. So we made a huge, huge, huge change in how we deliver this because we can set up uh, very clever reports. Google Analytics, Facebook, they all have very clever and relatively simple as well um, little pixels and bits of code and stuff that you can drop in. For example, let's say I've got a uh, an ebook. I'm selling an ebook or a real book or something. I buy a bunch of traffic from Facebook and I spend a thousand dollars on that. And let's say it's a dollar a click, for example, which, which is not brilliant, but we'll just use this for simple maths. And we come through and it's a thousand people have visited. And I then know that 50% of people have bought, which, uh, and the book is, you know, two dollars, for example. 
I know that 500 people spending $2 is obviously $1,000, so it's about cost even. Facebook will allow me to tag certain pages and certain um, pages within my website as having a value. For example, I know if they go to a thank you page for buying a product, that means they bought something. And because it's all pixeled now and everyone's being tracked by everybody, I can I can physically see that. So there are ways of literally demonstrating what it is that someone is spending money on. We know that if we spend $1,000 here, we'll end up with $1,000 there or $500 there or whatever it, whatever it is like that. So there's a lot that we can do um, in that respect. On the other hand, a, lot, a large part of it is to do with um, your interaction with the client anyway and just being able to say to them, look, because like I said, they don't want reports, they want insight. And if we said, look, we spent $1,000 and absolutely nothing's come out the back end of it, they don't want to hear that. What they then want to hear is your suggestions on how you're going to improve that. And we found that that's actually what helps the relationship more than just saying, oh, it's gone wrong. Because stuff is going to go wrong. You're going to try stuff and it's not going to work out. And that, that's the reality. And you have to be working with customers who are comfortable with that as well. Yeah, I suppose you need to sort of get started on this sort of stuff and then build up a build up a portfolio of things that have gone well and that you can then you can understand in advance what the arguments are going to be for and against and you can demonstrate okay in this particular case we did this and here's the proof and in this particular case we did this and we modified it and and you know and we 2x'd it or 5x'd it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really interesting. So um all of this sort of stuff is based around software and this software, you know, it might be Google Analytics, it might be Facebook, yeah. it might be MailChimp. This stuff comes and goes all the time. New platform, yes. this old platform out. <laughs> yeah. What's the current crop of stuff that you're using that you think would make our, our audience's life like top top quality stuff? Yeah, so uh, it's it's a really good question because... Part of the problem with tools is, like you say, first of all, this shiny object syndrome where AppSumo will come up with a new thing. We're like, oh, this will solve all my problems. And I, I, I fall for it still now. You know, it's, it's, it's ruthless. But the reality <laughs> and I, you and I have spoken about this as well. It's more important that you commit to a tool and you know how you can work it rather than keep changing for the sake of it, you know? Yeah. And so at the moment, what we are using is and this is for some big big funnels big big funnels right um, there is software out there that just builds marketing funnels it's completely separate software the reason I don't like it is because it's hosted on their servers and they are benefiting from all of the traffic and conversions uh, Google goes oh they're moving to a thank you page now that's really really good but is that even if it's your domain it's still on their server so Google kind of treats it differently mm. I'm not going to talk about what that software is people will probably know it um, whereas we use Beaver Builder and we have ultimate add-ons for Beaver Builder to build our pages, to build our sales pages, delivery pages. It's some very, very cool stuff you can do with that. And there's all sorts of like membership plugins and e-commerce plugins that we use depending on the situation of what we're selling. So that's that can all be done inside WordPress. And there's lots of redirects and stuff that are relatively simple. We use Optin Monster, for example, for the bottom of all our blog posts. And that's what helps convert people um, you know, if they sign. If they say, "Yeah, I'd, I'd like this cheat sheet, or I'd like this checklist, or, or, or whatever it is." That's how we're collecting leads, and we can automate that with some very clever stuff as well. For email autoresponders, personally, we we use Active Campaign. Mm. The reason we use Active Campaign is because their client management portal, I think, is probably the easiest in the market at the moment. Um, we have all of our customers using Active Campaign. It's easier for me to manage inside that. But for a long, 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 long time, in fact, even we've got a course out there which is just on using MailChimp to do this. You can absolutely do this all with MailChimp. And, and MailChimp was, it was profitable for us to use, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of good suggestions in there. I must admit, I don't use the opt-in monster stuff, but certainly Beaver Builder and Ultimate Add-ons, I use those. Yep, that the functionality yep. built into there, and I have an active campaign account, which I think is considerably cheaper than yours. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> my list is not very big. Well, um, the, the cool thing about active campaign is that um, if because the big thing that people go, oh, but I don't want to manage customers like CRM and autoresponder systems. The thing I like about active campaign is I can set payment levels for different customers and if they don't charge me i just pause their account if they don't pay me i just pause their account um 
So it's, it's I'm always protected. We, we're never out of pocket if a customer doesn't pay. That's one of the big reasons we move to them. Oh, and they will will they then just sort of silo that data and then you can re reinvigorate yeah, just, it if you like. Yeah, they don't, they don't delete it. No, it's just paused. Ah, yeah. that's interesting yeah. to know. I like it. Yeah. So this stuff, it sounds like. Um, you know, voodoo, and it sounds like smoke, <laughs> smoke and mirrors. And it's hard, you know, somebody yeah. listening to this who's never done any of this stuff before, it, it's really difficult. Now, I think I know what your answer is going to be to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there a course that you would recommend <laughs> for somebody yeah. to upskill? Uh, basically, from ground zero, 101, um, to, to get the basics of this stuff. So, it's, I actually, I think I might go a bit left field here, actually. Mm. Yeah. So sell your service has an enormous amount of content for people who want to build and sell marketing funnels, right? We, we've got tons. We've got four blog posts a week, the podcast, videos, online demonstrations. I think on YouTube, I have like um, how to build a marketing automation funnel with Beaver Builder. We've oh. started building out. Yeah. Nice. So very, very specific. However, the theory behind what we do and understanding um, – why we have a funnel like this there are a lot of guys out there personally i believe that digitalmarketer.com they have a model called the cvo which stands for customer value optimization that is the best way to learn the process that someone's going to go through the journey that's got nothing to do with websites nothing to do with traffic nothing to do with any of that it's the journey that someone goes on and why we have to go through that process. Kind of like saying again, and they use this analogy a lot, if you go to a bar, you ask for someone's number first and you have a casual conversation with them, you don't ask them for marriage straight away. That's that's kind of what we do a lot of the time with advertising, we get it wrong. A website is really asking someone to marry you a lot of the time where you should, um, should kind of scale it back. If that then appeals to you, you go, yeah, I kind of understand this. I, I get the theory behind this and why we're doing this. Then sell your service. We have we have a ton of courses. We have a coaching plan, all this kind of stuff on how you can actually do that for your business, you know? Okay, that sounds good. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that I would need. I would need to go in at the basic level, frankly. But and then again, to be honest with you, it's because I'm busy doing websites. It's also the kind of thing that it feels like a, a good fit for, I'm sure, quite a lot of the audience just to – just to hire somebody like you as well and take it over, you know, and, and get in there right at the beginning before the website is, is formally um, scoped out, like you say, to build it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a, like, like I said, websites are an integral part of any online execution, but we mm. do find that people's follow-up process is pretty lousy. And actually what we're doing a lot of the time is, is helping people build that follow-up process. Yeah. I don't doubt that there's people who are a trillion times better at building websites for our team but that is a very specific role within the larger journey i think anyone who's kind of doing anything online should probably have some kind of um online marketing or funnel based knowledge just at a high level just to understand the process that people go through and what's interesting is a lot of the time you'll go oh yeah that's true and you recognize stuff that that's going wrong but if you are desperate to get into this kind of stuff and, and start selling this, and some people do, some people just connect with it in the same way that some people connect with writing copy or content or some people connect with email marketing, you know, um, I think it's a lot about what it is that you want to build is more important than than um, what supposed experts in inverted commas like me tell you you should be doing, you know. Yeah. Speaking of supposed experts like you, um, the, it, the this space feel yeah. that uh, there's a lot of rock stars isn't there there's a lot of people yeah. you know you only have to be on facebook and and you yeah. know mention the word wordpress once in the entire yeah. history of your interaction with facebook and and, th- and here they come every sponsored post in the world who who are these people and, and and who do you who do you go to who do you listen to about these topics yeah so um more recently i've actually been kind of reading kind of some of the older books and actually just running a business in general um it's interesting because I used to be so obsessed with marketing funnels that I would learn everything I could from uh, Christopher Gaudreau, uh Ryan Dice, Frank Kern, you know, uh, Grant Cardone and all these kind of people. And they're great. They are fantastic. I'm huge fans of those guys. But actually, more and more, I've been trying to learn more about, um, you know, running a business in general, like being profitable, having, you know, balance within your business and stuff, which is kind of interesting. Um, but to be honest... <laughs> There's so many – the problem, and we all know this, is anyone can have a laptop now and is, can call themselves an expert. 
you know, um, every, anyone with an Instagram account is now a photographer. Anyone with a, a hmm. copy of Adobe Illustrator is now a, a graphic design artist, you know. And there is an enormous difference. There's a reason that I will happily pay two, three thousand pounds for a logo from a graphic designer that I trust as opposed to just someone who, you know, is posting randomly on, on you know, uh, forums and stuff saying that they can do it for much, much cheaper. Hmm. I actually, I, I think a lot of the time, the, a lot of these rock stars, and we know this for a fact, when you see them driving around in like really fancy Lamborghinis and stuff and talking about how successful they are, because I've worked with a lot of them, I can tell you a lot of it's nonsense, and I guarantee <laughs> they're, they're, they're not going to be around in a, in a few in a few months. And a lot of them do. A lot of them go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, because they're they're not willing. They don't actually. They can't back up what they're saying. So I would just take everything with a with a pinch of salt. I think one of the reasons we're still around is because. You know, we, we practice what we preach, you know, every single day. Yeah, um, I think if I see a sports car in any way connected in a photo yeah, of an yeah. internet marketer, I'm kind of, nah, that's not for me. It yeah. just doesn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> just no, doesn't, I totally agree. It some, people, some people love it. You know, oh, I know. And yeah, they really do. Well, they must do, otherwise they wouldn't do it. Um, well, Mike, I think we're, we're about on about 44 minutes or something like that. And that, that if it's okay with you, that feels like a, a sort of a good place to sort of wind this one up. Is that is that okay? Sounds good to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Hopefully there's um, people out there who've um, listened to you and enjoyed everything that you've said and, and want to reach out and speak to you. Um, and discuss things where, where do we find you online mike yeah so uh you can email me michael at sellyourservice.co.uk fair warning i have an autoresponder that replies back to every single person who emails me which i know irritates the hell out of people, we but... thought nothing less yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh, but also on twitter mike underscore killen or if you just go to the website like sellyourservice.co.uk and, and if people this is a big thing as well. People disagree with me. I want to hear that. Like, I don't know everything by a long stretch of the imagination. I just, I, I, I'm teaching people what I learn. So if people disagree with me, I will happily, happily, happily um, listen to that because I think that's kind of a huge part of, of what we've got. WordPress is a community and there's people out there who are a billion times smarter than me and they've seen different experiences and I want to learn that as much as anything, you know. So um, just because you think you haven't got a podcast and you don't have a T-shirt with your name on it and stuff doesn't mean that you don't have something to offer. You probably do and you're probably more bearable than a lot of the people out there, <laughs> including yeah. myself. You yeah, know? Me, me included. I have, <laughs> I, have, I have a podcast, but I don't have a T-shirt. That's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. the that's the step I'm missing. What that I need is, is the step. T-shirt, and I'll be a billionaire. Yeah, the money you'll see it just <laughs> It's unbelievable. Uh, at the end of every episode, we fade in cheesy music, so that's what's going to happen. The cheesy music is coming in right now, and it's going to be appalling this week. I can feel it that's in my that's in my bones. <laughs> so I'm going to say um, bye bye. Hope you had a hope you had a nice time listening to Mike Killen, and um, yeah, I'll say goodbye and, and hand over to you, Mike, to say goodbye. Also. Thanks very much. Yeah, good to speak to you, Nathan. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.